Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Future Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Donlan, and I'm here today with uh, two very special guests, uh, Ben and Jazz from Fit Nation. Hello. How are you? Hello. Good, good. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. You guys, are, you guys are surviving okay? Yeah, definitely, definitely surviving okay, keeping, keeping super busy, but uh, anxious to get back. I mean, uh, the world has kind of taken a full stop. In our realm, at least a little bit. Uh, I know Jazz has been doing a little bit of work via Zoom with our clients and stuff. But we're eager to be- get back. Clients are eager to get back. I mean, we're getting messages every day of, you know, my mental health is going to shit, and you know, my body's starting to hurt again. And people are just eager to resume their lives, and we're 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 a few of them. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time in in basically nine years. I was as I was going to sleep last night, I was thinking back to when I took my very first ever Fit Nation training client and it was 2011 of June and it's been it's beginning to be nine years and in that nine year span we haven't had this much time off of training so as Ben says yeah it does feel a little strange and we just kind of want to get back to the regular routine I mean you know telehealth appointments are, are not the same <laughs> yeah no, definitely. definitely not so um I I, I would personally think that you know, fitness and recreation are an essential service. Some people can't train themselves. Definitely not. Now, maybe you have somebody who has a compromised immune system or they're, or they're old um, and, they, and they can't really be dealing with people, but there should be some kind of a protocol where people can come into a cleanly disinfected facility. If you guys have to stay, I'm sure you guys could do a personal training session six feet away. Absolutely. And we, we actually have our, our practice has been like that a lot um uh for for a while now where we have physical distancing measures in place and we're one of the we what what our problem with the rules and regulations that they put out is they've kind of let off a blanket statement so we've kind of been categorized as you know the big box gyms the fitness worlds the 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 bigger bigger gyms where it's obviously harder because the capacity is a lot bigger and you can't really control you're not coaching anyone so you can't say oh don't congregate by the water fountain or or don't congregate by the weights for us we're all coaching, whether it's kinesiology or, or it's the training side, we bring you the weights. We create the program. We've actually gone off because, you know, we were just trying to get ahead of this thing and we blocked off, you know, six foot squares that are six feet apart and boxed out nine or 10 boxes that would be the capacity in our 4,000 square foot facility. And that alone, we'd be able to adhere to social distancing. I mean, the way I see it is, you know, if, if, if they're opening up barbers and physios where those people are right in your business, they're actually mo- mobilizing you. Why is it that me as a coach can't coach someone from six feet away and help these people get healthier, build a stronger immune system? And then what I'm hearing most, and this is the most critical part from our clients, is that their mental health is going down. And a lot of people rely on our service and a big part of our service is not just training the, the body, but also the mind and the spirit because of the way we coach. Like it's, it's people come for, you know, the, the, the training sessions, they stay for the accountability and the cherry on top is kind of like the life coaching that we do and give people, you know, a, a, an hour break out of their day where they're going to laugh for sure because a big part of our business is we make sure people laugh when they're there you know fitness has got this this connotation where it's all raw raw and you you know it's all serious and we kind of kibosh that and it's like 
you know, we, Jazz and I all day, that's probably one of the things I miss the most is just joking around with my best friend that I run a business with and just brag on each other to get a laugh out of someone that probably had a shitty day earlier. And now those people are in their homes in terrible mental health and, and there's no escape from that. Yeah. And that's the saddest part about this thing. Yeah, some of the some of the rules just don't really. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, Sean, but some of the rules just don't make sense. I mean, this weekend we're allowed to go to group gatherings of six, but I can't do a kinesiology appointment, which is very much similar to that of a physio appointment. And you know, like some of the stuff just it just isn't really adding up, and so that there's it's some frustration around that for sure. Yeah, I think people should be given the right, you know, like like in the, given the right to either make make a decision for themselves because like this isn't like we've said this a lot of times on on the podcast it's not like ebola you're 21 and you get this you're not guaranteed to die young people have died but the majority of the people who you know get this and do die are compromised immune systems their average age of death is is over the age of uh life expectancy you know it's very interesting and something else that you guys mentioned people's headspace like a lot of people now are in a box apartment drinking, drinking a bottle of wine a night. Yeah. Yeah. Cause liquor stores are open. Apparently that's an essential service. Yeah. You know, exactly. And that's the part that's kind of, kind of bizarre, right? It's just, we're allowing people to do, and that's the, that's the thing I hate that we're, we live in a free country, right? And we're using words like people are allowed to do this or they're allowed to do that. It's we're free. We're free people in this in this uh, country as citizens. Give us the information. We'll assume the risks ourselves and make a decision off of that. If you're at risk, quarantine. If you're in the higher portion of you know you have a compromised immune system or something like that, they should be able to self quarantine. Why is it feeling like you know we're we're being being sent to detention in in high school and we're not allowed to make decisions for ourselves, right? Yeah. And it's. That's what's starting to get annoying. At first, I completely understood it. You know, those first critical two weeks, you know, you take that time and you quarantine and you get through right. that period. Yeah. But now we're, what, eight plus weeks in? And it's like, we're just going to let businesses go into the gutter and, and, and force people to be in these situations at home and not really consider all the ramifications of that. Like, it's, it's strange. Yeah, the collateral damage can be, can be quite devastating. I mean, I know that the, the deaths of overdoses in the downtown east side are, are at a really high mark right now, but no, no one on this call or no one listening had any idea about that before I said it because all the news is all about COVID-19, right? And, and I'm, we're not trying to downplay the virus or anything like that. It's no, just no. that like, we're, we just want to open up perspectives and kind of look around. Like there are a lot of other things going on as well. And we as a society need to come together and kind of figure out better solutions. Cause it's like, if you're, if you're lactose intolerant, Sean, you're not going to go out and have ice cream. Are you, if you, if you know, if you have a nut allergy, you're not going to eat Oh Henry. Are you? Well, okay. Then if you have a respiratory issue, you probably shouldn't go out that much or like, you know, if you're sick or if this, and it just seems like places like, like Sweden, they, you know, they told the people, Hey, these are the rules. People abide by them and it seemed to be okay. Once again, I'm not, I'm not a professional in all this stuff. I might be shooting from the hip when I'm saying some of these things, but that's just kind of where my perspective is at. Yeah. I'd like the choice, you know, I'd like the choice. Um, so I, we could go down this rabbit hole for, for yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to stop. Where stand. And I I'm think starting to sweat. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> people who are entrepreneurial, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, leaning towards uh, conservatism when it comes to business anyway, have that opinion. 
I know we're all it's it's obviously very uh, very liberal here, and people are it's a big melting pot. But when it comes to business, I definitely be on the conservative side of things. We need to be able to get out there and work. Government needs to let people you know make money. Some people are choosing between their mortgage payments or their home payments. You know, mm-hmm. uh, payments, sorry, or business um, rental rental payments. You know, their properties. Mm-hmm. But anyway, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Fit Nation guys and how you guys got started? Absolutely. So um, Fit Nation got started, I mean, for myself, it was a product of, I used to work for a corporate job. I used to work for a credit union and uh, I was an account manager with them. And it was getting to the point where, you know, like I I knew if I I could see the rest of my life and for some people they can do that. And it just wasn't for me because I was a, a lifelong gym rat, like since I was, I think, 12, 13 years old. And, um, to make that shift out of that corporate culture, I had to really look inside of myself and find a passion. And that passion's always been weight training. So it was something I already knew I loved to do. I just never thought it could become a business. And so I went off, got certified. And then Jazz and I went to the same high school together. We pretty much at this point at 30 years old, I guess we can say we grew up together. And um, he was at the University of uh, British Columbia, UBC, and he was doing his thing. And we kind of connected there. And uh, Jazz, why don't you fill him in on a little bit about your background until we, when we move into this? Yeah, so uh, I, uh, I grew up in a fairly athletic household. However, I wasn't really an athletic star. Uh, that was more so my brother. Um, and then uh, I took part in track and field when I was about 12 or so years old up until about 15. And then at that point, I switched over into like uh, weight training um, because I was introduced to strength training through track and field. And I wanted to continue that. So I got injured in, in track and field. My coach said it was his last year for coaching. And then I kind of stopped with that at the age of uh, 15. And then uh, 16 years old, I started focusing on bodybuilding or like weight training and stuff. And at that time, I was working at a vitamin store. So I was kind of already in that realm. Like I came out of track and field, kind of went into weight training, was at a vitamin store. And then I found out about the kinesiology program at UBC, signed up for that, kind of started going through that. But as any undergrad knows, for the four years you're there, every year you're thinking of a different career. You're like, you're not quite sure where, where you're going to end up and stuff. And that's kind of where I was at. And then I had made it up to about, I think third year or so. And then around then that was when Ben was uh, talking about starting a personal training company called fit nation. He went out, got his BCRPA. I mean, he had a, he had a couple of clients at the time as well. And uh, I was like, Oh, well, this seems like a really good idea. I really like the name as well. And I was still unsure of where I was going to be at, but I knew that we could definitely work together. So after graduating pretty much in my senior year, my last year at UBC, I started taking on clients. That's when I started representing Fit Nation as a brand. And that was uh, 2011 and uh, pretty much nine years down the road. And now we're here. So we kind of went from mobile personal training to I had training clients in my garage. Uh, and then from there, we uh, had clients at the backyard of Ben's house. And then we leased out a space and then we expanded the space. And so, yeah, it's been quite the journey. Yeah, so we started off super grassroots. I mean, in our hometown of Surrey is where we kind of started. Uh, Jazz's hometown of Vancouver, one of my first clients was out there. I mean, I remember driving, making 20 bucks a session, burning, you know, $23 a gas driving to Vancouver. And, you know, just the community showed us a lot of support. And um, we're really blessed to kind of have a service that really resonates with a lot of people with what it's also it's turned into now. I mean, before it was all just, you know, weight training, you go in, you do your session, and you're on your way. And then we started to realize that, you know, people are starting to talk about how good they feel once they leave. 
and how they have anxiety before and now their anxiety is starting to go away. And we started to see that there's a holistic picture happening here. It's not just, you know, come in, punch your weights and then get out. It's more like, okay, they come in for their weights. What's the conversation you're having? What, what's the relationship you have with them? And how in tune are you with what their outside limiting factors are in their life that could be, you know, work, that could be their mental health, that could be their diet and stuff like that. So it's starting to become more of like a tribe. It, it was starting to become more like a tribe, which it is now. Um, uh, and it started, it started to become something, this organic uh, organism of itself where people come in for one thing, they discover something else about themselves and, and then they just kind of flourish into this, a career, if you will, in training, whether they start a weight training and they start a running club or, you know, they come in to just, I just need to talk. I just need someone to talk. And these people aren't privy to go see a therapist. So they just come and have these conversations with us. And then we recommend a therapist and stuff like that. So we're kind of starting to see where we fit in, in the, um, in the health picture of, of our province, if you will. And, uh, it, and I do see it as a health service. It's not, you know, a, 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 a non-essential service or anything like that it is people's health right i 100 percent agree with that i'd say they definitely were, were a health and wellness uh, brand prior to us kind of coming in and when ben and i were 15 16 anytime you thought of fitness there was you know like a, a personal trainer at fitness world named x y and z and this guy had worked with these bodybuilders and this and that and in your mind these trainers are people that have perfect physiques they probably competed in bodybuilding they know everything about fitness it seems like their lives are so wonderful they drive these nice cars and all this sort of stuff and it's like oh wow this is so glamorous and you know these coaches are like these perfect people it's like you got your life in order and you know you train really well you don't have any body fat we're here to tell you that's not true like we ourselves have struggles. We ourselves, Ben and I will have weight issues or struggles with our weight. We, we struggle with our mental health. We have challenges that everybody else has. We have issues in our personal lives that everybody else has. And that's what makes us human. And I feel like that's what makes or brings comfort to our clients that we work with. They see that we're just like them. We're on the Jersey journey, just like them. We may happen to know a little bit more in terms of the know-how and things of that nature, but we're human just like them. And, and we're, we're all on this journey together, essentially. And that's kind of where we can level up and, you know, see eye to eye with, with a lot of our patients and clients. And when they tell us like, oh, you know, I'm going through this and then you can resonate with that. Well, hey, you know, I've been through this myself. And we find that that's kind of what Fit Nation's about. It's not just about the fitness. We're, we're not just a weight loss brand or a gym or anything like that. It's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you guys more. Like the importance of, you know, fitness in like, I think overall balance and success, you know, you see fortune 500 CEOs, guys who are getting up at, you know, 4am running, you know, uh, five, 10 miles in the morning. You've got the, in, in mainstream, you know, pop culture right now, people like, uh, David Goggins, Jocko Willink, you know, people who want you to like kind of tackle your demons through fitness. And yeah nobody you never feel worse than when you're putting on weight you know i know you don't want to body shame people but you never feel worse than when you're putting on weight if somebody smokes a cigarette we will tell them that what they're doing is bad because it doesn't essentially hurt their feelings but if somebody is putting on weight we're like oh i i don't know if i can tell them i don't want to hurt their feelings you know which kills more people you know absolutely i agree so like we need as a society now i think in you know definitely in western canada and in western north america uh it is it's it's a lifestyle it's people encourage it you know mm -hmm. a, a lot more and people mm -hmm. are 
like people are into that you know holistic approach um and and i it's a it's a blessing when like i come from ireland and it's one of the most obese countries in europe it's getting oh, it's getting worse yeah yeah and it's getting worse you know people are getting heavier and heavier one of the and, highest rates of drinking yeah yeah oh yeah the highest 20 percent more i actually read today 20 percent more alcohol mm-hmm. consumption in ireland than the other countries in europe um, <laughs> that's, that's including the U. that's including england or ireland gets classified a part of united kingdom no we're not we're not we're not a part of the united kingdom but i don't know about europe but the countries in mainland europe um we're, we drink 20% more alcohol in those countries like France, Spain, Germany, uh, yeah. those countries. So, uh, but when you get digging into the numbers, you can find some pretty drastic, intense. Yeah, numbers. definitely. Definitely. But, um, just in relation to kind of your, uh, your approach, who do you see as your main clientele? I know what's the demographic that comes to you guys. Is it guys? Is it girls? Are they young? Are they old? Are they trying to get super fit? Are they, just just wanted to get a little bit healthier. What do you see coming through the doors? I think on the training side, um, I mean, we have a, a few segments. Um, our main segment is that, you know, um, probably 22 to about 40 um, uh, South Asian female, um, probably professional in their own right, probably a business owner, um, not necessarily trying to um, lose weight, um, which some, some people are, but they're just trying to be better in their life. Fully, what I call is they're trying to live an optimized life. And that is to be strong mentally, forge their body and be able to take on their day, whether that's with the kids, whether that's at work, uh, display like, like I'm sure Sean, you clearly, I can see you work out. Um, when you finish or if you stop working out for a month, your confidence is going to change. Yeah. Right. And so these people, they come in confident in their own right, but they want to feel more confident. They want to tackle their day. They don't want to be, um, a slave to their day. They want to own their day. Um, so it's those people for the mentality. We also have a segment that is the athletes that are coming in and they need to specifically get better in their position. So we work with them. And then a smaller segment is these uh, corporate gentlemen that we call them. And um, they honestly have made their money. Um, they've worked their ass off and they're putting in 12, 13 hour days. And now they're starting to realize what kind of legacy am I going to leave my kids? Am I going to even be able to play with my kids because my back hurts so much or, or my mental health is terrible? So they've taken a non-traditional route of um, which would otherwise be go see the doctor, take a pill and kind of just level out. And they come to us to be like, OK, what can I do? How can I fix myself to do this, this and this? Um, uh, and so there's these three segments, at least on the training side. And I'll, I'll let Jazz elaborate on the on the rehab side here. Yeah, for the rehab side, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's a specific type of demographic, really. Um, and other than certain injuries, like a low back, we, I specialize a lot in low back injuries. So disc bulges, disc herniations, uh, pre-surgery, post-surgery, uh, a lot of that stuff. That's kind of one of where my passions lie. And then other than that, it would be ICBC active rehab. And for that, you just get a wide variety of of people, right? Just, I mean, because if you've been in an accident, technically you, you're, you're, you're a candidate for the rehab program. Um, however, I find that it, the rehab side will technically kind of follow the trend of the fitness side. So if on the fitness side, we got predominantly, let's say Indian females, then, I mean, on the rehab side, I would say you're generally going to have a higher trend of that as well. Um, and then with the professionals, we do get quite a bit of professionals. And then I also, work alongside a, a few practitioners um jagru baines who's a physiotherapist at physio station we'll work on files together 
um, Dr. Cam Mann, he's a chiropractor, Dr. Parm Bisla, he's a chiropractor, Dr. Rajiv Kindle, another chiropractor. So they, they'll kind of, we work on files together sometimes. So sometimes someone will be doing a chiropractic approach for low back and, you know, they need a little bit extra or something like that. And then I'll get a referral from, from the Cairo's office and, and so forth. So it's more focused around, I would say, the, the injuries in, in kind of my realm. The, what I see with the rehab side, and it's kind of it's kind of beautiful. Like I mean, the the last dance. I mean, a lot of people are watching the Jordan documentary, and you see you see this when he gets out into the locker room. You see this team working on him, like on his knees or whatever. And you know, I'm, I remember when I was a kid, or even into my uh, early twenties. I mean, you look at stuff like that, and you think, wow, that's only accessible to the supreme athletes, the top of the top. And you know, if I get hurt, I'm not going to have that kind. Kind of that kind of team working on me and I feel like now what's happened with the surgeons of all these people doing the physiotherapy program chiropractic kinesiology you literally have access to what top echelon athletes have and you can do it as an everyday you know weekend warrior you know like you you can have us working on on you and um, taking care of your your active rehab and your passive care through physiotherapist and then you have a chiropractor and then you even have an rmt so you literally have access to a world-class team at any time that you want in terms of your rehab so if you ever get hurt what i'm trying to say is this is the best time to get hurt i mean we have <laughs> endless amount of practitioners there's no injury that you can't come back from yeah, yeah. Uh, basically the integrated health model is what Ben was talking about there, right? Like having various professionals always communicating together. And that's how you have the highest success rates. Okay. Very interesting. Um, very, very good point about, you know, in 2020, we do have like it's state of the art. It's available at, at your fingertips almost. Um, just a question for you guys. You guys have been in business, you know, almost 10 years. I think you were saying. That's not an easy thing to do. Most businesses fail after three years, and especially um, you know sports and recreation businesses. They they mm. yeah. It's what, yeah. What what do you guys feel pushed you guys to this level? Um, honestly, um, I'll, I'll start this off by saying that I used to when we first started the business, and you feel all excited and stuff. I would say tell everyone, you know you got to start a business. you got an idea. you got to start a business. And now in my 10th year, going into our 10th year, I tell, you don't want this. I tell people, you don't, you don't want this. It's a very uphill battle. Um, every year is a new struggle. But I think what's kept us in the game is, number one, passion. Like, we have a strong why. We want to optimize people's mind, body, and spirit. And that's actually what the triangles stand for as well. The two triangles are mind, body, and then the spirit. Um, the spirit connects the mind and the body. So that why is what's kept us going. And then honestly, the second part I'd say is we've adapted to the times. We never stopped learning. One thing that happened in the, happens in the fitness industry is someone finds a style of way they, they do things and they stick to that. What we did five years ago, we do probably close to the complete opposite now because we learned from our own mistakes. We got rid of our own ignorances and got out of our own way. By seeing, you know, okay, this is what's going on with clients. This is not working. This is working. Always constantly doing workshops, seminars. And we have our, our gurus that we follow in the training realm, the rehab realm, and we listen to them. And they're on the cutting edge of rehab. They're on the cutting, cutting edge of training. And what's most important is the cutting edge of philosophy of, you know, what are we trying to do for people? Are we trying to add years to their life? Are we trying to help them out of a bind in terms of their own head are we trying to make them physically stronger or are we just appeasing their ego 
and making them, you know, giving them the six pack and now they, they feel great about themselves. Well, then you're going to uncover a whole bunch of other stuff. So I think there's a litany of things that could have gone wrong and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation today. Um, but uh, I think I'd give most credit to anything is to our partnership. Um, uh, I mean, Jazz and I work so well together where, you know, we know our, where, when things are going wrong with each other and we have a good clear picture of where this ship is headed. And uh, anytime things start to veer off, we, we check each other pretty good. Yeah, I think the passion part is like, I, I think we're just very fortunate enough to, to be able to do something that we're very passionate about. And when you have that as checklist number one, that kind of sets you on the right path and it makes it where, okay, you know, the chances of you lasting 10 years um, are probably a little bit higher because you're doing something that you love. Um, and then the part about never stopping to learn, I think that was huge. And then the mentors finding people in the industry and, and having them validate what you're doing and having them kind of say, you know, you're on the cusp of something or you're on to something and, you know, you're headed down the right path and that kind of stuff. And you see that they've had careers of 30, 40 years, et cetera. And, and they're speaking very highly of you. And so it's kind of like you want to do it for the people. And the other thing is, is after we've had life changing moments for patients and clients where they turned around and said, Hey, you know, I've never done that before. Or I, you know, that, that can, that is worth more than any dollar figure ever. And, you know, yeah, you want to make a living for sure. But what keeps you in it is that smile that's on that person's face or the fact that that, you know, kids like, Hey, I've never seen my mom lift a gallon of milk because her back is so bad. And now she can lift the groceries by herself. These are the types of things that we live for. And these are the types of things that kind of keeps us going. And uh, just the, the community at large kind of thing, right? We feel like we're in this like revolution. We just got to like, because there's just like sedentarism is on the rise. Obesity is on the rise. Diabetes on the rise. The Indian community has so many health complications. And it's kind of like, we just have to go out there and kind of do our piece, you know? Yeah. So guys, listen, we're out of time. But before I go, I want to just ask you guys um, a quick question that I kind of ask everybody that comes on. So Jazz, I'll get you to answer first. And what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs just starting off today? Oh, it's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because when I, when we were coming up and I was uh, in, in 20, what was it, 2013, I used to drive my dad's taxi on Friday nights as I, we were doing this as well, um, just kind of before we signed the lease. And that question, I used to ask that to every single corporate person that sat in my car and I took the answers of that question and I wrote it all down and I still have like them all piled up and stuff. So it's really funny that you asked that. And then uh, that question got me published in the national post as well. So there was an article about me asking that question to the people. So it's kind of weird that the universe is now asking me that question <laughs> out of all those things. It's like, what, what would I say? It, it's really yeah. difficult. I mean, I would say just, before I used to say, you know, when people say to you, don't start a business with your best friend or your friends, I used to think that they were wrong. And now I'm kind of like, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing ever, but just know that there will be challenges on the, on, on the road and be, be ready to accept that and be ready to understand that your friendship will go through some changes uh, as far as the business is concerned. And then the next part is just find that piece that you're passionate about and only do that, right? Like, because if you're not really passionate about it, I just don't think you're going to last. So passion and just kind of be ready for the ride man yeah cool i would say um if i could simplify it i'd say be ready to be ready for the endurance game being an entrepreneur is not a sprint it's definitely a marathon and it's a marathon that never ends it's constantly going to change 
and you have to be able to adapt, never stop learning, play the long game as long as you can. And if you have that passion, like Jazz was saying, it's not going to feel difficult. It's not going to feel hard because you have an overarching goal that you're working towards. You have um, this fire inside of you. And I would say if you would do this for no amount of money, what your, whatever your idea is, you're probably going to make money doing it. If you can do it for, if you would do it, even though you're a millionaire and you have all the money and have everything that you want and you would still do this passion that you have, that's your idea. So that's what I would tell them. Brilliant. So I'm going to put that down to passion and persistence. Yes, sir. Yeah. Before, before we end the call, I just want to say to all the personal trainers out there in Surrey, BC, like if you're starting your own thing right now and you know, I know things can get tough, but just don't give up. And reach going. out. Reach out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, you know, if you're right now, you're training people out of your parents' garage or, you know, you're going to people's houses and things like that. And you're kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. Just, just keep at it, man. Like it's going to, it, it will pay off. Just make sure you're passionate. Brilliant. Guys, uh, thank you so much for coming on. If people want to find you guys online, where can they look? Instagram is at FitNationBC. Um, that's our main page where we post everything. Um, uh, and then our personal handles is, uh, mine is at FitNationBen. And uh, Jazz is at Fit Nation Joe Hall. And then we have a free beginner's ebook that's uh, online as well. So we, if anybody's looking for a home workout, there's a free eight-week beginner program. You can find that on our uh, channels there. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank Appreciate it. Take care. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That's the end of our episode. Tune in again next week for another future podcast.